1: Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff Jerry. This is Rich Swan,
2: Matt
0: Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Lou Gowan Whatever Wrestle Talk is and whoever Luke Gowen is, both the Ravens. Never
1: more. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lukewarm Lou Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Ollie Davis. How the devil are you? Hot, um, but I've got my aircon unit that I've rented. <sighs> Can you hear it? No, I, I can't, no, which is um, either good. Very, noisy. very
2: good about the aircon or it's just a very good microphone. So. Uh, regular listeners to the show long time listeners who will listen to all like thousand plus episodes that we've now got out of this podcast uh, every summer Ollie goes through buying air conditioners and air purifiers and every year feels never like, once bought an air conditioner this will be the year when I'll actually have a cool summer and he spends hours researching online for the all of the things and then buys one then gets it and then turns to me and goes like it's not doing anything And I'm like, well, I mean,
1: guess there's always next year then. But is is this one actually working for you? (laughs) Well, it's a legit air conditioner. So, you know, fans, at the end of the day, they only really move around air. They don't cool the air. And that is of no use when the air is very hot in one of our offices, which it has been. Every year we've done it, especially in our little small studio room, our little baby studio room gross in
2: there steve
1: uh, steve was
2: steve of going in raw was shocked Uh, he his system was shocked to learn how warm it gets in that studio room because we were sweating up a storm when we did that show together
1: we were sold at that office space on having air conditioning Mm. and And then i asked i asked the guy and he was like no (laughs) no 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 you definitely said I've got a video of me me having a tour around the offices. Me pointing at the air conditioning unit that was attached to the wall and saying, "Oh, that's great, you've got aircon." And he went, "Nah, nah, mate." Turns out we can't offer it. Mm. Mm. I mean, in all fairness, we
2: built a. Um... We built a set in front of it anyway, so it wouldn't have actually done us any good. And I would imagine it would have been it would have been one of those situations where it's also too loud and we'd have had to turn it off when we were on air.
1: Well, the last year I bought a well, two years ago now, it was a special fan that you filled up with water and it would evaporate the cool water and blow it around the room. That did nothing. Jesus. (laughs) I hope we never get like, no, in our luck, we're going to get sponsored by it. And tomorrow, next week, I'll be having to, Ah, oh, you know what really cools down a room? It's not <laughs> like Magic Spoon cereal, Luke, which I genuinely love. They're not sponsoring this show. You stole that <laughs> sponsor from me. Oh, it's delicious. And so, <laughs> so low in carbs. But this year, it's a full-on aircon unit. I've rented it. The aircon unit rentals are weird. I did a lot of research and they all have the same structure. Buy it for 350 pounds or rent it for 50 pounds a week. Right? Okay. Or there's the third option. You know, the Austin Aries TNA third option. Mm -hmm. Rent it for five pounds a week. What's the catch you reckon? Yeah, what is the catch? You've got to rent it for a year.
2: So you've got it for a year I've at got it £5 for a, year. a week. And that yes. is quick maths. Hold on. Come on. Come on. Five times 52, yeah, 260
1: quid. Exactly. £90 pounds cheaper than buying it outright. I went for the third huh. way because that's what Austin Aries would have done. And he's a guy who's got things figured out from what I can tell on social media. Yeah, nothing. Do you think that was a... What well, would you have that gone
2: just completely for? Makes sense. Well, that makes sense. That's what I would have gone for as well. It's the most cost-effective option because you, you would either buy it outright and I suppose the argument is because if you rent it for another year, then you spent uh, £520 when mm. you could have bought it outright for £350, right? So I kind of get the argument to have bought it outright, but at the same time do you always need one?
1: Mm. I suppose well, I probably would... Do I need it for a whole year?
2: It. Yeah, I mean maybe okay so i i struggle with this because i don't get bothered by heat so i
1: and you've got so much heat on you for all your sneezing (laughs) and and what else wearing scarves i don't
2: i i people keep telling me that it's really hot at the moment and i think it's it's actually quite fine I've i've got the window open at the moment actually yesterday i had the window shut and the door shut and it's just, it's all you right. Are insane. So I've never felt the need to have an air conditioning unit. The only time I've ever felt an air conditioning unit was <clears> necessary <throat> was that day I was filming with Steve because bloody hell, it was warm in there. And actually like that hot summer that we had a couple of years ago. Oh yeah.
0: Two years which, ago. Which was,
2: yeah, two. that was gross. And that we could have done with some, but apart from that, like 30 degrees, that's yeah, fine.
1: Well, it was 37 degrees that year. It's 32 degrees now, which means it's 35 in my flat. I'm not exaggerating. I So the wrestling world, you know, attracts all sorts of folks. I once met the opposite person to you. He's like, say you're Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. Doesn't mind the heat. This guy could die if he gets too hot. He's your Mr. Glass. Yeah, and he- no. <laughs> <laughs> he, this guy has no hair anywhere. No hair on his body. Is it? He large? has no eyebrows. No. No, you don't know him, I don't think. It was at, uh, I met him at the uh, New Japan show, the one in the ice rink, which was coincidentally the first day I ever met Andy Datson in the flesh. They're different people though. Andy's Andy was weirder, funnily enough. <laughs> But he like this is how the conversation started. It was a hot day, and he was like, Oh my god, it's so good to be in here. This is my dream. It's wrestling in an ice rink. Was obviously they didn't have the ice, but that's probably an ITV show somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. But it was Simon very Cowell's cool story. in there.
2: It's on Simon Cowell's wall of ideas.
1: Yeah. And he didn't have any nipples either. It was like he I wanted know. to show me all of the things that were unique about him. He was like, yeah, I can't sweat. And I was like, oh, right, right. And I was like, yeah, I've got no hair oh, either. I looked at him. Who? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you mentioned it wasn't a Pizza Express <laughs> and we did have loads of underage girls with us. <laughs> 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 and I was like, yeah, you're right. You haven't got any hair. Wow. I was like, that, that's crazy. He was like, Wanna see what else? And he just pulled up his top and he was like, What's missing? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was looking at his bare chest. I was like, um, um, and then and, like a crowd of people had gathered, like because they all knew, because he tells everybody. It's like, what's missing? What's missing? I was like, I don't know. Nipples, I haven't got any nipples. Like, great, weird. <laughs> What a round of whose nips are these. Mmm. Yeah. That's rubbing Or, or, or not.
2: Um, well, let's get into the major. I was actually going to... Have you watched the trailer for um, Jackass Forever? No. No, I haven't. Do you want to do a live reaction to it? Yes. Yes. Yes, of course he does. Should we do it for the outro? Or do you want to do
1: it now? That's nah, it's That's about the right split, isn't it? Yeah. Give something for this. people to hang around for.
2: Let's get into the main show itself, talking about AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2. But first up, all the news about everyone signing for AEW. Here is the show
1: Daniel Bryan to AEW. I'm not going to say the other one until it's official until it's official (laughs) because we don't know what's going on. Luke, it could just be a text. It could just be a contract. It could just be two teams of lawyers going back and forth for several months. It could be dates laid out. The first two years of creative plans, working relationships with new Japan, CMLL, AAA impact ring of honor, a return to ring of honor, at the end of the day, that's just chit chat. That's not a serious offer. So I will not. I've decided not to say my catchphrase. Someone to somewhere confirmed until it's happened. But the reports are CM Punk's in talks with AEW. I'm Ollie <laughs> Davis. I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Cohen. We will be reviewing AEW Dynamite, the full episode, which was absolutely brilliant. I thought. Um, but we thought we should probably talk about the other bit of news that broke last night. First, it was Fightful saying that they've heard CM Punk is in talks to return to the ring. And the, the, the speculation, or at least that's what everyone thinks, is that it's AEW. And then Dave Meltzer like, corroborated saying, yes, they've been having talks, but so's everyone. Daniel yeah. Bryan, however, BodySlam.net has said, he is 100% already signed with AEW. PW Insider, of course, reported earlier this week that WWE had removed Brian from all their merchandising and licensing plans. And not only that, we have a confirmed date. It's going to be the 22nd of September show in New York on Dynamite.
2: Yes. So uh, we should also say as well that it is confirmed, is, you know, very much in Bucky O'Hare bunny years because it's not... 100% confirmed until Brian Danielson or All Elite Wrestling or Tony Khan, whoever it is, makes an official statement. That is when it is Brian Danielson to AEW confirmed. Going by the reports, however, it feels like this is very much the case. And I know there will be some people who will be like, oh, man, I really wish that the wrestling news media hadn't spoiled this, this, that, and the other. Uh, do you want to hear my theory on this one.
1: Yeah. Are you still with us? I, I don't know whose whose internet's bad. Is it mine or yours? We've both been bad recently. I don't know. I think that one might have been it could have been on. Okay, you're back with me now.
2: So do you want to hear my theory on this? Yes. Tony Khan is the one who's
1: leaking the news. <sighs> Why would he do that? And why to, because. no disrespect to, no disrespect to Bodyslam.net. Why would you do it there? Because why it wouldn't would you do it to Wrestling Observer? Because
2: it would have been too obvious if it was Meltzer. Now, here's my thing. Here's my thinking.
1: This you is, le- this is some deep oh, conspiracy yeah. oh, right Oh, 100%. Here. Oh, totally. I've got a tinfoil hat ready to uh, pop onto my head right here. I think it's WWE leaking these stories. So when they have these shows and these people don't debut, it makes them look rubbish. Well, no, here's my theory. Here's my
2: thinking. So they haven't sold out the New York show yet. They've sold over 15,000 tickets, but it's not sold out yet, though. And if you've now got the news coming out that the debut is going to happen at that New York show, what a better way to make sure
1: you get that full sellout? Well, I mean, it's still quite a way off, though. We're still two months out almost exactly today. We are, isn't it? It's the 27th. Yeah. Two months exactly today from that show. Um, so you don't think it's true? Oh, no, no. I do think it's. I,
2: I think there is certainly a <laughs> nugget of truth to this. So Meltzer was saying on Resting Observer Radio, what sort of adding on to a lot of their story that was going on. Mm. And like if you go and listen to the show, Meltzer knows something but isn't oh, saying yeah. anything like, Yes,
1: yeah yeah he's known this for weeks because like yeah. i said in my news yesterday well you know pw insider are saying this but meltzer has been doing this <laughs> thing recently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he's yeah. like i think i think they've got some big plans coming up i don't know anything so, yeah. that's just a feeling i was like dave oh. you are so bad at hinting at this stuff
2: so what Meltzer said on Observer Radio today is that he was told back in May by Tony Khan that there are four big signings that are happening this year. One of them is Andrade. One of them was Black. He, he figures one of the other one is Punk. He said, "So this new one must be Daniel Bryan or must be Bryan Danielson."
1: And so, and it's like his timeline. Other th- so Black wasn't released until June. So yes, maybe that
2: was uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But like he was saying that there, are, <laughs> there was going to be four big uh, signings this year. Um, the other thing is chave. he said to this. Well, apart from cha- I mean, yeah, or um, uh,
1: ooh,
2: uh, ooh chaba. Anyway, chave. the other thing that you're saying about this is that uh, Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, this is, you know, as he will be known when he uh, returns to whatever promotion he does. to, he's been negotiating with only three companies: WWE, AEW, New Japan. And essentially, what oil all of this boiled down to was which company was going to have the relationship with New Japan. Because that's what Brian wants to do. Uh, Meltzer said, if it weren't for COVID, Brian would already be in New Japan. He'd already done shows with them since he left um, back in April, mm-hmm. May time. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: So he said that whichever company was the one who had the relationship with New Japan, that's where Daniel Bryan would end up with. And as we can you know, very comfortably say from this show, AEW was the company that's got the connections with New Japan. They've got the relationship with New Japan. They did a title change, a New Japan title change on this very show. And nick can't nick can't is you know he is moving he is shaking he was trying to get deal done that's why they were speculating that they were trying to get that deal with new japan through because with the new japan deal mm. means we can re-sign daniel bryan to stop him going to aew um and i think he's now saying that you know i think some people are realizing that if you go to wwe that's it that that's all you're working with you go to somewhere else everyone is now working with everyone else. And all of a sudden, all of your door, all of the doors are open and there's so much more
1: opportunity for you. It's a lot more fun. And I think that's definitely what's motivating Brian. There's a really fun, revealing story about Brian from years and years and years ago, which is when he joined WWE, everyone takes a test to sort of score their personality in some kind of sociopathic way that WWE likes to do. And he scored incredibly low on the like, what what's the word when you try and get ahead, like the aspirational Drive. metric? Yeah. Well, he's obviously okay. a very driven person because he's you know mastered a craft, but ambitious. That's it. He is just not ambitious. He just loves wrestling, and through that love, he has floated to the top like a delicious bit of chunky cream on my unpasteurized blue milk. But the he he now he. he what is the most fun version of this to him? He's always said he wants to wrestle uh, in the, where's the arena in Mexico for CMLL? He wanted to go there. He wanted to wrestle in New Japan. He had like a dream list of people he wanted to wrestle with. So yeah, I think this is, brian has gone there because he wants to have fun as his last run of of wrestling, really. He's, I can't remember what old he at what age he is. Whereas CM Punk, I think it's, CM Punk will say, uh a lot that it's not monetarily driven because he said last last year he would joke in like little reddit threads ama thing he did for a movie i just need a big bag of money to come back you know Mm -hmm. sean michaels way a bit of a mercenary but then later on he softened he was like "Eh, if the creative's right i think it's more geared towards money but that's not to say creative doesn't play a part
2: do you know who i think did really well on those tests in
1: wwe Look right at there. this guy, the baby face. I mean, Punk and Brian are gonna gonna have a significant needle move on the ratings, I think, but get that guy back up again. Nothing like Riker. Nothing like <laughs> if Riker was all elite. Have we commented how Jackson Riker has the same name as my other favorite thing at the moment? William Wright. Oh, we haven't. You're absolutely right. He is not. We, he has got the same
2: name as as uh, Jonathan Frakes' character from and Star the, Trek, and a beard. He's the one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, so the CM Punk thing. Mm-hmm. There was actually. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio, which I thought <laughs> was a really interesting point, which is that you know. So and Sean made this point yesterday as well because some people have said like, man. If Punk doesn't debut at All Out now, everyone is going to dunk on Sean. And Sean yeah. made the point, I don't know why they would. I never said he would debut at All Out. I've just said that they're in talks, and there's very likely that he may end up there. It's everyone else that is adding on the, it'll be at All Out, it's in Chicago, this and the other. Uh, it's, it's, in, they- it's an educated guess. It's yeah. an educated guess. But if it, if Punk doesn't debut at All Out, don't go and have a pop at Sean, because it, it's, it's not his fault. Um... But Meltzer made the point, and I kind of agree with this. I debut him on the TV the week before because the Mm -hmm. week before is in Chicago. So you do on the dynamite before. Maybe that gets, you know, that that might pop yourself a rating because people might tune in, pick up the phone. Oh, my God, have you seen CM Punk? is back social media, this, that and the other. I'm old. So I'm talking about calling people on the phone where actually the reality is people will just tweet about it and then someone might tune in to watch the show. And then maybe then you get a really big pay per view buy rate off the back of it. That is a smart bit of business as opposed to having him show up on a pay-per-view because people might think that he might show up.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think if you debut him on a pay-per-view, you're doing two things. You're not getting the the buy rate for that pay-per-view that you could have got if you promoted him in advance, as we saw with the Christian effect, although he wasn't named Christian. But we've got a huge Hall of Fame-worthy level signing, they said, for uh, Revolution and that generated significant interest in that pay per view going in. So, yeah, either announce CM Punk's name in advance and you get that buy rate. Plus, pay per views by their nature, far more limited audience than TV. If Punk turns up on TV in the first hour or at the top of the at top, top, at the start of the second, sorry, people are going to turn over. That's going to spread like wildfire. Oh my God, have you seen this happening there? And boom. You can pop a big rating there, and let's be honest; these days, TV ratings are, are what matter matter most. So I totally agree with you there. I guess do you do you tease that someone's coming, maybe with a ch ch, or do you fully have Punk walk out, or do you wait do you wait for the pay per view to have Punk come out? If I were doing If that's
2: the, I would do on TV. I would do on TV, and I would do it the same way—not the the same way you did Malachi Black, where you like, you know, you dim the lights and then lift back up, Mm -hmm. and he's standing there to have a feud with Cody. Not saying you do that, but I would say, like, do on TV. Don't pre-announce that something is coming. Just have the, and then you know, playing probably cult of personality for him to come out to because I because they can get the rights to that because they can buy the rights exactly. Like I would say, if if I'm TK, I'm looking to get the final countdown by Europe. And I'm looking to get Living Colors, Culture Personality on my playlist, ready to go. Uh,
1: If people aren't aware, because this was a while ago now, uh, Brian Danielson is Daniel Bryan. We will call him that now, I guess, just to get used to it, because surely that's what he's going by. He won't be Malachi Danielson or anything like that. (laughs) His entrance music on the Indies was, yes, the final countdown. You know what? It's actually a masterstroke. That they brought out Christian the way they did—it's a red herring, Luke. It's a red herring. It was a, it was you know, a long-term you, red herring. It was just like
2: when he, uh, when Tony Khan put out that tweet saying, "It's going to be like what was it like the shifting tides or whatever it was," and then everyone was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we he heard about the return of Pac." What are you talking about? <laughs> like, no, Tony was just planting them seeds. He was planting the seeds for everything.
1: So, this is going back that year. We've had a lot of stuff happen in the pandemic era of AEW, which that wonderful video package leaving Daily's Place really laid out for us. You know, FTR, Sting, Kenny Omega winning the title, Impact, New Japan. But I think they've timed this well because they could have talked to Punk. You know, what's different this year than last year apart from fans? So, you're having Punk and Brian come back well, you know, if this happens, at the same time as fans, this is a pretty hot-looking next, like, close to 2021. And what I'm most excited about, really, is Cody has got his next four months of programs laid out. He beats Malachi Black, he beats Mm -hmm. CM Punk, and then he beats Daniel Bryan. And then he can go back on the stipulation and beat Kenny Omega for the AEW title for america do you know what i am um, i was just thinking then it literally just popped back into my mind
2: but i was transported back to uh early 2018 when they'd announced that they were going to be doing uh the bullet club show as we were calling yeah. it back then because it didn't have a, an official <laughs> title at that point we were just calling it the bullet club pay-per-view and we said on that show man if they want to sell out those 10,000 tickets do you know what main event they need cm punk versus daniel bryan because Brian hadn't gone back to WWE at that point, And Punk was obviously still, you know, the free agency on Punk that he has been since 2014. Because as you correctly pointed out in the WrestleTalk News, he hasn't done anything since 2014. He's, That's he's what I like. Of- he,
1: yeah, he's he's laid low. No one's yep. seen him. Yeah no, he made a couple like of movie
2: him. made a couple of movies but has done nothing related to sports or wrestling since 2014 mm. very very smart man as CM Punk mm. knows his worth and all that he isn't trying to change the culture anywhere else um we I, we were saying that is how you're going to sell out those 10,000 tickets i mean we got a massive amount of egg on our faces cuz they didn't get they them did and they did and they did sell out that <laughs> quite comfortably so in about half an hour um but it's just it's kind of fun isn't it because like that show all in was the genesis of All Elite Wrestling. Tony Khan was backstage at that show and suddenly thought, "Was like, huh, maybe I could start a wrestling company. Hey, Kenny, Cody, Matt, Nick, let's have a little chat here. And then two, two or so years later, three years later, we're now having a chat about having Punk and Bryan actually appear
1: on the program that was born from that show. Well, the reports at the time were Khan had a list of people he wanted to start AEW with. And at the top of that list was CM Punk. But Punk, you know, they just didn't give him a a certain definitive enough (laughs) offer. And that's their fault.
2: Do do you want to explain that joke? Because it's something that you and I joke about a lot.
1: (laughs) But Punk just said, hey, look, like whenever people ask Punk in interviews or stuff about AEW talks, potentially there, he said, yeah, we've talked. But it's only a couple of texts here and there like just don't text me saying, "Hey, you interested in coming to AEW?" And Cody then did an interview, quite annoyed afterwards, being like, "These were serious talks. Like we, we had can't... contracts laid
2: out. We had monetary values. I know we had dates laid out." Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Uh, but you, I, I don't know. You don't know who's true. Maybe, maybe uh, Punk was telling the truth there. So. What else is there to talk about this before we get into people's Ultra Chats, Omega Chats Colt Cabana. for the AW, Yeah. Ah, oh. Obviously, Colt Cabana and Punk had a falling out. They were bestest friends. It's, you know, Colt's a lovely guy. I think, you know, it's a large company. There's plenty of people there. I'm sh- and they're both professionals. I'm sure they can... I, d- I don't think that will be a problem at all. I've seen some people say... AW seems like a very nice place to work. There doesn't seem to be that backstage politicking. Everyone's very happy generally, but punk is notoriously quite difficult to work with. Is that mm. because it was the system he was in? Will he thrive better? Now he's a bit older, a bit wiser, in a place where his creative concerns are listened to, you'd think? I don't know.
2: I don't know. Do you know what I do know, though? Is I would like people to pull the thumb out their ass and give us a little thumbs up as we head into your Omega chats. We've got 2,200 people currently <coughs> watching the stream, and only 200 wow. all of you have pressed the thumbs up. So come on, everyone, press the thumbs up. Help us get into that YouTube algorithm because the more you press that thumbs up, the more people end up coming in.
1: And also subscribe too, because we are quite close to 50,000. We're less by? than 500 away from 50,000. Oh my God, people, come on, give us a give us a good time. Show us a good time, yeah. Subscribe also, I and mean, give us your thumbs.
2: The last thing to say on the cult, uh, CM Punk thing is that, like, the o- obvious answer is just you know make them a tag team. You know. Oh, how and just, like, will
1: they coexist? <laughs> co-exist. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Just very, very quickly. Um, I've seen like a lot of people fantasy book in, because I was like, you know, like who should Daniel Bryan face first when he comes in? Obviously Cody, but I posed the question anyway on the WrestleTalk News. A lot of people were like, oh my God, have that Bryan come out and then Punk jumps him. Or like, oh my God, I want their first feud to be together or maybe a tag team. I'm mean, like, oh my God, I want nothing less. I've seen mm. that. I don't yeah. think that would motivate either guy. I think they want to work with new people, new programs, new start, like styles of wrestling i think you know you have punk debut then a month after you have brian debut and you keep them apart maybe they pass like ships in the night you know just one walking down for their match the other one walking out and they just have a glance and they do not touch until the next year's pay-per-view yeah i would agree right let's get into your omega chats there are a lot of them and we haven't even started the show review Bloody hell, wrestling's gone crazy this week. Just when well, you I think. Mean,
2: it's because fans are back. Fans are back, so you beat Karen Cross cross in, in 90 seconds, and you tease that CM Punk is coming back to wrestling. That's what happens when fans are there.
1: I just, because I went to bed genuinely excited, because I think a lot of people know this is very important to me. Genuinely a bit giddy. Like a kid, couldn't get it out of my head. Wake up this morning, oh, still excited. Look at my phone, Daniel Bryan. I'm like, what the hell's going on, guys? I've got to meditate now. That's my morning regime. I, can't, I won't be able to think about anything else.
0: Ready to pop the question?
1: Anthony Velasquez says, I'm very excited that AEW has added Daniel Bryan. and I look forward to his debut. Also, the possible addition of CM Punk will be huge for AEW. Nate S. Before everyone gets too excited about Bryan Punk, keep in mind they may have had talks about plans and dates, agreed on money and other terms, but was a legitimate offer made? (laughs) Not buying it this time. Uh, You'll have to say that bit. Punk Bryan to AEW confirmed OMG it's happening. Eduardo Sorens. First of all you guys are the best. Thank you Eduardo Sorrent. Second, next week AEW is coming to North, North Carolina. Carolina. And I'm going to the show. I'm so excited. That looks like a hell of a card, Eduardo. Well, doesn't it? Just... Third, I I would like to know how you guys will book Brian and CM Punk's debuts this freaking company. <sighs> I mean, first <laughs> off,
2: on Eduardo's point there. They're going to do the North Carolina gimmick rights. Because I feel like we haven't done the North Carolina gimmick for a while, but surely, like, unless you you don't do North Carolina. like
1: South Carolina! (laughs) For the heat! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To quickly Uh, answer your question, uh, Eduardo, I think Paige loses in All Out and Punk comes out to challenge omega or do have an angle but that's awkward i don't want him going right into that picture brian i don't know i i punk punk page as the first feud of because we you know punk straight
2: edge and like feuding over page over his alcoholism oh. like surely like that sort of written perfect
1: as as perfect
2: i am um, i made the point actually on the money in the bank live stream reactions with alex adam and laurie that i don't think that page should win it all out and i got i like, pretty much crucified for those comments i was like page has to win like, there's no other no. option for Page
1: 2 win. There is another option. He loses, and his self-destructive behavior goes on longer. Peter Mullins, two days ago, I hit an accidental running knee on my dishwasher and <laughs> dislocated <laughs> my kneecap. Oh, oh no. And so did, did you hear Michael Cole in the background shout? The knee! <laughs> uh, my wrestling mates now shoot. Don't believe me that I didn't get overly excited about Danielson's comeback. Not sure if I worked myself into a shoot. Stephen Duggan, can't handle all this news. Is it wrong that the first match I'd want after Punk and Brian debut is Punk versus Brian? But seriously, why would you have them on the card post all out? I would sort of answer both of those. But yeah, I, do, I want Punk and Brian too, but that's not what we need. Mm. Different things. Will Campbell, if Punk is indeed signing with AEW, I think he'd... Most likely debut all out in Chicago, or maybe the first of September's Dynamite. Also, I'm taking my sister to AEW Grand Slam in September for her birthday, and possibly seeing Daniel Bryan debut at that show would make it even better. Awesome,
2: yeah, So it's cool. Polo that, that New York show, that New York show, man. <laughs>
1: it's polo says hey guys love your reviews it is the only way i keep up with raw and i love hearing your thoughts about aw how would you guys book the debut of brian danielson and cm punk also if brian debuts without the final countdown i will cry uh just that uh, we've said sort of, sorry i hope you don't mind we've, we've answered that quite a few times i think a lot of these questions will be about that i haven't come up I'm with a better game. idea yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, I'm a long time ROH fan in the early 2000s when WWE started to go downhill I turned to ROH for an alternative both Punk and Brime are incredible in their Ring of Honor runs, I'm beyond hyped Chance, you're gonna get your effing head kicked in
2: how does that chant go? Oh, I mean, this, is your, this is your territory man this is when you were
1: into uh, Ring of Honor hmm Bobby, St- I'll just do a few more. Uh, Bobby Stevens, Double or Nothing 2022, CM Punk versus AEW champion Brian Danielson inside the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium in front of 80,000 people. 80,000! 80, Peter Mullins again, these are great signings for AEW to avoid license fees. CM Punk has the rights from the band to kill the personality. He used it in UFC 2. And why the Valkyries was written by Wagner. But I know how to pronounce Wagner in 1856, oh. even Vince can't sue history, I think I like I, that he that won't come out is... with that no, that guy's name was also spelled Wagn- Wanger Wanger <laughs> um, no he, Wanger. I, I think he'll want to come out to the final countdown oh, yeah. uh, and Matt Hannessy finally for now AEW has a stacked roster with Omega Page, Mox, Eddie, Pack, Bucks, Hardy Cage, Pay. Pack Lucha Bros, MJF, Christian, Lance, Sting, Allen, Cassidy, Miro, Guevara, Black, Andrade, FTR, LAX and others. To get Punk or Bryan is big, but to sign both would be insane. I love AEW. Yeah, I mean, I think like I've seen a lot of people
2: say that the, 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 the roster's too bloated, it's too many ex-WWE guys, you know, the, the usual arguments that tend to come out whenever AEW does make a signing and everything like that, but like I mean, put yourself in a business mind. If you have the option to sign Punk and brian, are you just? Are you going? Nah. Do you know what? I don't think we need to really. We've we, we've got our my tummy's full enough. I don't think I want to sign the two biggest names
1: uh, available. No, I'm all right, Tar. It's like Adam Blompier just sitting there. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you sign him in? Um, I what was I going to say there? Oh, actually, our Rob P. How would you book Luke Gallows in a feud with CM Punk and the Elite? I didn't even think of their shared history together. And Serena Deeb. Oh my god. They're basically is producer, all there apart. Yeah, they're say, they're all there really? apart from Mercury. Oh. oh. Well, I don't like people going back to stuff, so, and I don't think Punk would either. So just one more thing before we but get all your ultra chats in, please, to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read them all out before the end of the show that are over five dollars. Um, how does this change the trajectory of Dynamite? Dynamite's beaten the first boss of NXT. Now it's got its sights on Raw. It's already
2: beaten them in the demos.
1: But it's not oh, been come in those, overall it, viewership. Been, I'm talking. It's not
2: been in the. I was going to say it's not been in the overall viewership. I, I mean, are you trying to say that? Uh, when are
1: they moving to Monday nights? Is that your? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking. uh it's hard to, it's hard to see if people are genuine ratings movers these days. they is- wasn't. Baker was the got the Brit Baker got the highest rated segments last
2: week, that's why she was the top of the hour this week round.
1: Um, but you know, in general, nobody seems to affect numbers like Edge coming back to SmackDown hasn't really changed anything. But how much do you think Punk and Brian add in viewership? I don't know if it does, I don't know
2: if it adds much to be honest, because I think that wrestling it feels like wrestling is at a we've hit a glass ceiling in terms of the amount of people who are actually interested in watching wrestling. <laughs> I think that in terms of like what we do here on YouTube has a ceiling. And I think that what they're doing on TV has a ceiling. I think Raw is comfortably always going to draw one and a half million viewers, regardless of what happens. I made this point about Impact um, when we did the Raw review a couple of weeks, uh, on Monday, in fact. Impact, no matter what they did, drew a million viewers. I think that Raw, no matter what they did, are always going to draw 1.5 million viewers because I think that's the base level of people. NXT, no matter what they do, will always draw 500,000 people. And it may do more than that, and it might do way more than that, but there will always be that base level there. So I think for AEW, they've got a base level and they may do, like, some weeks will go up, some weeks will go back down, but I don't think that base level is ever going to change. I don't know whether CM Punk coming back, because, like, it was 2014 and all those fans that were there are
1: gone. Are they going to come back? Are they gone or are they lapsed? because anecdotally well, I, think, yeah. I have at least 3 friends who would start watching again
2: i mean pete said who himself, who left oh, he 5 would... years ago yeah pete said that he would start watching the show with punk and brown uh, signs
1: and what what you you've kind of got a good one two punch there you've got punk who had 2010 to 2014 where there were far more people watching back then remember just wwe in general so you've, you've got that and you've got Brian, who was in the main event of this year's WrestleMania. So if you weren't, if you are a bit younger and you weren't around for the punk stuff and you don't get the punk stuff, you've got a Brian. So they, they've got the last decade of super over organic WWE baby faces okay. potentially coming into their company. But to possibly counter that, Brian wasn't a needle
2: mover on SmackDown either. Just like you said, Edge wasn't. Like Brian well, being on shows wasn't moving
1: numbers in the same way. Because W yeah, good point. WWE or say SmackDown, it's at the two million mark. So you've got your two million people who tune in, Fox, the exposure, whatever. AEW's down here. So like maybe the two the two million limit at the moment for wrestling in general, it's two million. But that's not to say this two million a portion can't go over here who aren't currently watching AEW because of the name uh, recognition yeah. of Brian and Punk. And I'm not saying
2: that they won't, There aren't going to be people that move across because I think that there will be, I would also argue as well of that 2 million, that's not 2 million wrestling fans. That's 2 million people who are watching. Fox. Mm-hmm. What Brian and Punk though. It's yeah, I mean, Bryan, it, it, Punk. May, it may make it, but that might also just be us in our wrestling bubble. Who just think that because we're in the rest, of, because like they're always gonna, they're gonna move a rating. Andrade is gonna move a rating. Alistair Black's gonna move a rating. And it sounds like they don't. So it may just be that we're inside the bubble and we're not seeing the bigger picture. But I'm but I could also be incredibly wrong. Moment Take Jackson Riker off the screen. This is the needle mover. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think a few people mentioned oh. that, um, about the age thing. The, they're younger than the WWE champion is currently. So let's not, let's not bring, let's not bring age into question.
1: Oh, oh there's so, so much hypocrites. They criticize WWE for just creating moments, yeah, but bad moments that have no connection to anything that they, they criticize WWE for relying on old part-timers. Yes. I think these guys are going to come in to elevate the, the AEW roster like Kenny Omega, as much as I love him right now, he. He's a big star in AEW. He's a big star in wrestling. He has not broken out. Maybe in video games, sure, but, you know, not mainstream. If he starts wrestling alongside a Punk, alongside a Bryan, that is going to make even Omega feel significantly bigger. Two wrestling fans who are already here. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, we will get into the AEW review shortly, but first I must promote... Tonight, or today if you're in America, the Fan Quizzle Mania. It's happening over on Talks Patreon page. $10 a ticket, and it's not just $10 for that. Of course, you get all of our exclusive podcasts, shout-outs, loads of things. So please go over there and check it out. Adam Blompier and Andy Datson are hosting, and I will be competing. Everyone, all of the fans who are in it, you know, you join an app, we'll walk you through it. We all compete against each other. It's like timed responses. It's a good time. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. So, so good. Right. Let's um, let's try and get through this episode as quickly as possible, because, of course, we're already 35 minutes into the show. Uh, the first match was Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears. Great crowd singing along to Jericho's entrance music from the start. The stipulation, it was an MJF uh, designated labors of Jericho, which means he got to pick the stipulation. And Sean Spears could use a chair. Jericho could not. Um But in the end, Jericho. Jericho's arm was worked over. Tully Blanchard distracted the referee as Sean Spears tapped to the walls. Sammy Guevara chased off Tully and Jericho won with a Judas effect. Yeah, fun stuff this was.
2: Uh, I really, really enjoyed the match. I thought the actual, the finish was really good because the whole gimmick was, Sean was allowed to use the chair Jericho wasn't so Spears set up a chair in the corner so he could ram Jericho's head into it but it was actually Jericho that rammed his head into it so like Mm -hmm. Spears own stipulation worked against him to uh, allow for the Judas effective elbow uh, for the win so I thought it was a really really fun and creative finish.
1: MJF was fantastic on commentary not because he was funny he was very funny uh what do you call a hot girl in Texas Luke? A tourist. <laughs> he also was very good at just getting over the story of the match and not just the story of the match, but the story of Jericho's labours overall. Because, yeah, sure, he could survive this match. He might survive the next match and the next and the next. But by the time he gets to MJF, that injured arm of Chris Jericho's is going to be hanging by a thread, he said. And what what is MJF's finishing move? Yes, yeah, The, the soul of the earth armbar. Um, But we got our next... I did not see this coming. We no, got our no, next Labour of Jericho. Yeah, I was like, maybe it's going to be against an Inner Circle member. You were like, it's going to be against all the Pinnacle members. Nope, it's against Nick Gage. Did not see this coming <laughs> whatsoever. This was an... Inc- and like the crowd pop for
2: this was absolutely awesome. Jericho is... He's a very, very smart man, is Jericho. We saw this when he left WWE and, you know, he went over to New Japan. Mm. Who was the person he wanted to work with? Kenny Omega. Why? Because Kenny Omega is the person that the dirt sheets and everyone is, is writing and raving about, right? is so the, the seven-star bout machine, you know, this and the other. Of course, he's going to work with him. Who's the next people he starts to get in bed with? The Young Bucks. Why? Because everyone is talking about the Young Bucks. He becomes best friends with the Young Bucks. Y2 Jackson and all this sort of stuff. He basically like becomes friends with them. Goes with AEW because it's the hottest thing. Who is the guy that everyone is currently talking about at the moment because of the Dark Side of the Ring documentary? Nick Gage. So, of course, Jericho is on the phone to be like, bring him in. I want to work with the guy that people are talking about because that elevates me and it elevates the person I'm working with as well. Like He's a, he's a very, very smart man.
1: Did it with Orange Cassidy last year as well. Absolutely. Um, what a great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not that familiar with Nick Gage, apart from knowing he is an absolute psychotic wrestling presence that cannot be killed. Uh, he came out with a pizza cutter here. And as we saw later on, Jericho is bringing back the pain maker <sighs> gimmick. Now, you have been, you have, you've you've had this platform where you have said
2: that the Painmaker gimmick was working us. Jericho knows it's crap, mm. but he's working us because he's a heel. Yeah. Do you still believe that? Because Jericho seemed, I've always said that Jericho thinks this is cool. And I would argue that Jericho in this promo thought this was cool. This was his Cactus Jack moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he put me in a predicament there when he he was very excited about his little hat and his goth makeup. Yeah. Because it does look crap, doesn't it? Yeah, and like Nick Gage looks legitimately terrifying, like a just normally terrifying nutter. Jericho looks like a dad having a midlife identity crisis dad going to his 200th kiss concert yeah uh anyway excited for next week the first one of the very stacked uh, things next up we had doc gallows taking on kaz this was very short really most of it took place in an ad break the crowd were were into it but there wasn't much to pop for kaz lost when carl anderson got involved Brought out Kenny Omega and Don Callis for a, a promo to, you know, Casu've been a thorn on our side. Hangman Page came out. They, Don Callis was like, you must be drunk. There's more of us than there are of you. Brawl ensues, Dark Order come down, chase off the bad guys.
2: Yeah, sets up the 10-man tag next week. I think as well, because it was Silver and Reynolds, that are the ones who got the tag team spot, that they'll mm-hmm. be the tag team that they're setting up for the, against the Young Bucks, should they win next week. Not Eva Luno and Stu Grayson? Well, I mean I big Smash uh, you know, Bros legacy. Uno and Grayson would have probably been my pick first off, but I think like the fact that Reynolds and Silver the ones that were the ones who got the tag spot in this, mm. that's what makes me think it's them. Also, like <clears> because <throat> Silver has been so over yeah. um, very recently. It just feels like it's it feels like it's a smart move to give it to them, as much as I would love it because of the the history that Smash Bros have with the Young Bucks.
1: Great shout out to Kenny here, because in his he's doing the He's finding something stupid each week to do. And this week it was like uh Kaz, well, the elite hunter has become the has has become the <laughs> Don Callas whispered to him, the hunted. And, <laughs> okay, yeah, and cool, Kenny Omega yeah, yeah. was like, the hunted. It's just <laughs> such a stupid oh, really made me laugh that. Like when he was trying to get the belt collector Sean <laughs> over this week. <laughs> Uh team Taz cut a promo earlier in the day with Ricky Stark saying there's gonna be a huge celebration for him next week. Brian Cage effectively said, I'm gonna interfere with that. Oh, we've got another age person. Didn't realise that until now. Brian Cage, Christian Cage, Hangman oh, Page, yeah. Nick, Nick Gage, yeah. Yeah, Diamond yeah. Dallas I mean, Page.
2: I'm actually pretty sure that. I can't remember who it is now that the messages in every week with the the Cage Age and Page thing um has often said that they should bring in Nick Gage to add to
1: the mm-hmm. list. Darby Allen had a match with Wheeler Yuta just a sort of uh, enhancement match thing. Probably could have been a a, a women's match in this spot instead, but mm-hmm. it it wasn't really about Darby wrestling a match and getting an easy win after last week. It was some just brutal displays of offense on the outside when Orange Cassidy squared off against Sting and they just took chunks out of each other. This wasn't much of a match. I, I think
2: Wheelie Uta is actually really good. And Darby Allen's is obviously amazing. But the crowd weren't like massively popping for this. But the second that Sting and Orange Cassidy squared off, the crowd suddenly went, Oh my god! I did not. Mm. I do want this. I didn't know I wanted this, but now I do know that I do want this. And you're absolutely right. They both did. And when Sting drew first blood with the super kicks, I popped so big at home. Like I'm, I'm sitting here on my own, cup of coffee. It's you know half past six in the morning. I popped so huge for all of this (laughs) and when they did like the super kick stuff and then sting as you just did then did the lethargic version of his chest beating spot i made me laugh so much this was
1: probably my highlight of the whole show very funny sting sold it perfectly like he was he was like full-on serious like he was having an actual fight i thought yeah great stuff from everyone very funny um recap of Mox and archers new japan feud next uh you know just noteworthy because there's new japan involvement they got licensed to the footage and we also saw H- Hikuleo.
0: Hikuleo?
1: <laughs> hikuleo bullet club member in the crowd he's tall i should call him hi oh. kuleo did you hear Jim Ross get a boner
2: like at the end of this show when he realised how tall he was when he got in the ring? <laughs> Bloody hell! I heard it all the way. <laughs> <and> I heard it <laughs> all the way. <laughs> the desk fall over. Like, oh, you God. Good God!
1: It's not upwards at the table. Good God! Like how tall he is. <laughs> uh, then we got Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose for the women's title. It, it was fine. It was Britt Baker's first title defence. It picked up a lot near the end when they did some near fall stuff. I I didn't. I loved how in the crowd were into Britt Baker. Like she is a genuine superstar. Like it's amazing AEW have created such a genuine overall company star in Baker, considering how they've treated their women's division. Mm -hmm. Um, But the match, the I, I just I never got into it. I'm afraid, and I thought the Eddie Guerrero spot where. The title was Chuck to Nyla and Britt Baker lays down. Ha ha! Yeah, Vicky Guerrero's outside. Love the idea of it. I just thought they it didn't work because then Baker stood up like seconds after she laid down. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I, there's a nice uh, Baker one with her a ref- left jaw.
2: Yeah, there's a referee <laughs> moment when like he counted three, like the re- and the crowd sort of booed against that. Like I, the, the big takeaway from this for me is that this was at the top of the hour. And I think that shows a massive amount of confidence that AEW have got in Baker, because as I'd mentioned earlier, she was a ratings draw last week. She had the highest rated segment of anything else that happened on the show last week. She had the highest rated segment. So that's, you know, it was a show that had Jericho on it. It was a show that had Kenny Omega on it. Like that's a massive deal, right? So that's really good match itself. alright. I thought it got really good by the end to the after she kicked out the beast bomb and stuff and got the lock jaw. There was also a moment at the start of this when Excalibur said, this is one of the most anticipated title matches. I was like, that's a lie, isn't
1: it, Excalibur? You you know that's a lie. I That that grated with me as well. I was like, that is a very WWE thing to say. Yeah, I, I expect lie. better from you, AEW. Uh, after that, we got a press conference segment, which really seemed to just be a conference because I couldn't see a single other person in that room nice idea i thought so it was FTR and santana and ortiz doing a sort of back and forth promo i thought santana's promo work was exemplary here i i i, I it, but it was then it, it was just over apparently it was an edited version there's a full version on youtube which i haven't watched yet um i'm putting this as an
2: open an open letter to all wrestling companies if you don't have any press there, don't do a press event, because it proper looks naff. Like yeah. it does because it just it looks like you've got a couple of you can tell that there's no press there at this press conference. Only do press conferences if you have press in attendance. This would have been so much better if it was uh, Jim Ross sat down and then having an interview yeah. thing. Like it wouldn't have looked so hokey if because it, it's not a press conference. There's no one there. You're doing it to an empty room. It just looks a bit silly.
1: In all of AEW, this is actually one of my most anticipated matches ever. Yep. And I get the feeling it's going to be short served. Just looking at that card next week, looking at the priorities, rightly so, like, you know, prioritize the 10 man tag for the, the AEW title. Prioritize the Malachi Black segment. You know, like... So, I just, I'm a bit like, oh, I wish this had a uh, yeah. bigger build. I wish this had its own show to breathe on.
2: Uh, it's, if it's not the opening match, I think it's really going to struggle with no matter where it goes in the rest of the card. Like, mm-hmm. it may get top of the hour, but I don't know if it will. So, it's I like, <laughs> and I think Jericho will probably take the opening slot, uh, which means that you'll probably have that. I mean, 10 man tags definitely headlining, which means they'll just sort of be in not a death spot, but a spot where it's, you're going to be like a lot of it in commercial break.
1: Yeah. Uh, after that, we got Andrade come out with a guy, uh, no Vicky Guerrero, because he was announcing to Tony Schiavone. This was his big announcement that he's been teasing for like six weeks, two months now. He's, ex- I think it's called his executive consultant, Chavo Guerrero. Chavito. Ooh, Lieutenant Loco. I, I, I did pop for
2: Lieutenant Loco coming out, uh, former <laughs> Cruiserweight champion. Um, yeah so i okay the rest of the segment death triangle come out they had a bit of a sort of a promo war back and forth uh andrade was like why do you work for pack and the lucha brothers were like we don't work for him we're a family um and we're gonna have a little bit of a brawl in this and the other you didn't seem that into this when you were talking about it in your review.
1: So I think every, nothing that Andrade has done so far has has worked to the extent, has resonated with me to the extent I want it to. It, it all feels like less than the sum of its parts. And I've always had that problem with Death Triangle too. I like them all as, but you know, I like them all, but together I feel they haven't really made a mark on AEW uh, despite them being excellent individually. And I don't... It's weird because in if this was WWE, I'd be like, ah, oh, you're just chucking all the Latino people together in the Latino division. But here I'm like, Pac does not work here. This the the Geordie accent cutting through all of this like Spanish language promo work, I think is is odd. I, I hope I hope Andrade wins and Lucha uh, the Lucha Bros turn on Pac. I think that's a. I think the idea of them three together with Charvo is a far more overact.
2: I wrote in my notes that wasn't the smoothest segment in the world, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. it. Was, yeah, because it wasn't the smoothest segment in the world, but I like. I enjoyed Andrade sort of like doing promos in English and in Spanish. I like Charvo being out there. Like Charvo's a much better addition to his act than Vicky oh, yeah. ever could be. I'm actually really into a feud between Andrade and the Lucha Bros. Like when um, we, someone asked us on our, um, when me and Denise did this show, so like, who would you like to see them feud with first? My instant, I was like, Pentagon. That's who I want to see him face because pretty much Pentagon's my answer for anyone who comes into AEW. Been, like, who do you want been Pentagon. Should, should always be Pentagon. Um, so like, I, I kind of get it. It's just like, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think not all of the, they're not it's not all hits with Andrade thus far.
1: Hmm. Uh, Yeah, referees broke up this brawl that never really actually got going. A recap of the dark match, uh, not AEW dark, but AEW dark match from earlier in the day. It was like the Hardy family office were brawling with Christian and Jurassic Express. So they'll have a match next week. Then we got Blade, the Blade, sorry, versus Orange Cassidy. We didn't talk about the angle at the end of the Alan Yuta match. But Blade jumped Cassidy, knocked him out with the brass knucks. So that was a nice long multi-segment build. They have a you know a decent match with one heinous bump from Orange oh, Cassidy yeah. on the top rope. Gut wrench powerbomb on the turnbuckle. Jesus. Uh, Statlander gets involved to get rid of Bunny because she was interfering. Blade accidentally collides with Bunny and Cassidy won with a Superman punch. And for poetic justice, hit Blade with the brass knucks with a Superman punch at the end. Very good. Hopefully it's the end of this feud.
2: Three points on this. Uh, I just want to clarify for anyone who was listening. Uh Ollie didn't mistakenly call Wheeler Utah Alan Yuta. He was saying Darby Allen. It's you said <laughs> it in the news as well. And I was like, you know this is names for Alan Yuta, right? Alan slash it. Good old Alan. Good Alan old
1: Yuta. Alan Utah. <laughs> Alan Yuta.
2: Um point two. Um, this match was fine. Uh, it was it was pretty much okay. Third point, and this might be a very controversial point. I'm going to add there. I think the bunny is better at the Alexa Bliss character than Alexa Bliss is.
1: Ooh! Not even going to get into that <laughs> backlash. Uh, then we got the Jericho reveal of he's a uh, he's the paymaker now. Rundown of next week's card, which looks <laughs> insane. And the main event was John Moxley versus Lance Archer in a Texas death match for the New Japan IWGP United States title, which was fantastic.
2: So good. This was great. And like you had the big Texan Lance Archer come into this match and he got... A win in Texas. One week removed from Sammy Guevara also getting a win in Texas. What the heck is going on here? Because the crowd, you know what the crowd did, Ollie? They responded really well to their hometown boy getting a big win. I, don't, I mean, wrestling logic dictates that's not the way you should, you do this, right?
1: This is the tale of two companies. The same week on Monday, we have, yeah. Keith Lee losing in his home state of Texas here. Oh, and and also WWE burying their own brand by beating Karrion Cross. They can't even work with a company they own. Yet here in the main event of AEW, the hometown guy goes over and we saw a new Japan title change hands on an AEW episode. That like that that is that is the starkest mirror image, well, like sort of no, the opposite of a mirror image that I've seen so far. and like they played this so smartly as well. Like
2: Moxley is one of the biggest baby faces that the company currently has, right? But he's going into this match here against the hometown guy so mox effectively plays heel in this match he is the one who's doing like he the, the paradigm shift onto the concrete mm-hmm. the stabbing with the fork this and the other they made archer the underdog baby face in this match and it totally worked because the crowd really bought into the archer comeback they really bought into like all the big spots when archer got the fork and started stabbing moxley with it the crowd exploded because all of a sudden they felt like oh, they might do a title switch here. And they did. They did the choke slam off the apron, through the barbed wire board, through the tables, all the plunders, you know, Lego and mouse traps, and all this sort of stuff. And they get the 10 count and he wins the title and the crowd goes nuts for it. It was so lovely.
1: Yeah, really, really great. Uh, shout out to the, um, there's a spot very early on. I felt like this was the, this was the Archer that first debuted in AEW. Like watching him here, I was like, where's this guy been since last September? Remember those segments where I'd just be walking around backstage and he threw a guy into the ceiling? And I yeah. don't think that guy ever came down. One of the first spots in this, they go straight into the crowd and Lance just picks up a fan and hurls him at Moxley like a missile. So great. Of, so good. of course it's a planted fan. Of course that's a wrestler. You could probably see his gear if you look close enough underneath the top. But... It felt real in that moment. It felt chaotic. So hopefully this means the start of the old Lance Archer coming back because I feel like, yeah, he got sucked into the sting vortex for a bit.
2: Yeah, I would agree
1: with that. And, yeah, the babyface push didn't really work before now. So hopefully that's good. And he will fight... Yeah, Yeah, Next week, he, bullet club. Hikuleo. 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 He's massive. Massive he is. Hikuleo. He's,
2: tall. he's taller. He's taller than Lance Archer. Like, I mean, yeah. I joked about it earlier. But there's a reason why Jim Ross got a boner, like, seeing mm-hmm. this. Guy, because he got in the ring. He's bloody huge.
1: Massive he is. So I gave this a four out of five.
2: I, do you know what? I agree with that. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I enjoyed Hoistermania running wild in the main event, um, I I um I I did kind of enjoy the rest of the show. Like I, I enjoyed Hoytomania running wild. I enjoyed uh, the opening match. I enjoyed like bits and bobs throughout this, but it wasn't like the best show in the world, right? So like. I think you do need to save those five out of five sometimes. However, community tab very much disagrees with us. Fifty-one (laughs) percent of the vote said it was a five out of five percent, uh, five out of five show. Thirty-three percent said it was a four out of five show, and eleven percent said it was three out of five. And then there's a few left over there for the other ones. But yes, fifty-one percent said that was a five out of five match. Five out of five. Can you get that back
1: up? Can you get that back up, please? I I can do yep, One a, second. We always see this on AEW and we don't necessarily see it with WWE, where the the favorite vote is like at the top and then it tapers off around the end the ends. So for for this instance, you'd have like five out of five as top, four out of five three out of five, two out of five, one out of five in that descending order. If it was a three out of five show, four and two would be the next ones. And then five and one would be the lowest. That's, that's what we see on WWE polls on AEW polls. There is, it is always, you know, massively weighted to the top. It's usually fours or fives then the rest are at three, but two out of five is always beaten by one out of five. And that, to me, yeah. just says there is, there is a portion of, of our audience who votes on these polls that just never likes AEW. I don't know if Probably. they're watching the shows. I don't think they are. And they're subscribed for I,
2: I, I 100% would argue that they're not watching the show.
1: <clears throat> or maybe they are watching the show, and they, they genuinely, genuinely hate AEW because of some, you know I don't know, preconceived notions about the people involved in it. Before we get into the Ultra Chats, I've got a question for you can you remember hmm? the tallest man you've ever seen it's hikaleo he hikaleo? hikaleo hikaleo there we go i'll just sing it Also, before that, we've got our wonderful pledge hammers on Patreon to give shout-outs to. Remember, Patreon tonight. Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Go there now. Get yourself a $10 ticket, which is really just a $10 membership for the month, where you get loads of other exclusive content, like special podcasts that me and Luke do. The whole back catalogue of years and years of that. Whereas tonight, it's the first ever fan-quizzle-mania on WrestleTalk hosted by Adam Blompier and Andy Datsun, and I'll be competing with you. Well, all the fans, we're going at it live. We're just going to be... Just going at it. Like Sting and uh, Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah. And also, if you donate $25 a month or more, you get a wrestling nickname and shout-out on this very show, so thank you. I can take some kind of bump, Aaron. Ross Pooper Scooper Cooper. WrestleTalk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. The man with the scoops, Sean. He's got two first names. Matt, Howard, Black and Decker Dane. Tower of London, Nigel Morris. What's love got to do, got to do within Matthew Turner. Name of your 2000s pay-per-view. Chaos Rising Splook's best friend Adam Blamplate Arnie K, the K stands for the coolest dude ever And lastly for this Hall of
2: Fame class on July 22nd 2021 Zarjef
1: Right, how many pages? Seven pages. Let's do this. Thank you, everybody, all so much. Stephen Duggan, first feuds Brian versus MJF and Punk versus Omega. I'm just as giddy as you, Ollie, buzzing over all this. Trenton Brown, give me Brian versus Orange Cassidy. Eight star match potential right there. Bobby G, CM Punk and MJF in promo wars. Mmm. Brian Danielson and Omega, obviously. CM Punk versus Darby Allin. Brian Danielson versus Jungle Boy. Please, Luke, insert tagline. Thanks, gents, for all you do. I love... This company. Niall Devine. Hey, chaps, really loved watching the podcast recently. AEW loves to put a veteran in a stable with rookies slash new faces. Taz, Jericho, Hardy. Should AEW do this with Brian and Punk? Which rookies would you put them with? And what vibe would the stables have?
2: Punk, I feel, needs to be an island unto himself.
1: Like, unless he does that, a a messiah gimmick
2: yeah unless so yeah like, like now that Moxley's with Kingston he feels like you know he's now sort of he's got a group now so i think punk being the lone island would be really really fun danielson
1: i don't know
2: i think that danielson finding a group of guys like scouting them on dark and dark elevation Ooh, yeah that he sort of like a load of young boys that he can add into like and sort of like and train them up and be like the new the, the american dragons and essentially just oh. be like sort of a stable of, of daniel bryan-esque wrestlers brian danielson-esque wrestlers
1: i like that a lot kind of what he was trying to do with drew gulak and chad gable behind the scenes on smackdown yeah like an mma gym you you will be mm. fighting out of uh, Brian Danielson's corner. I'm I'm already it's already Brian Danielson. It's like the last ten years didn't happen. I've clicked right back. Sorry. Okay, help the newbie out. Name three top CM Punk and Daniel Bryan matches. I need to find and watch. Wow. Assume I know nothing. And matches can be from ROH or WWE eras, whatever you prefer. Well, Daniel. Uh, well, Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness those are hella good cm punk versus samoa joe from ring of honor that's probably ring of honor's best matches they're covered um punk versus john cena at money in the bank 2011 daniel bryan versus sheamus what what show was it over the limit i 20... thought you were gonna say the, the wrestlemania 12. match
2: for a second then no <laughs> i, mean, so I mean, many though if brian like because you need to see the brian the, like the yes movement in full effect. You need to watch the Brian WrestleMania 30. Like the match with Triple H is awesome. And that main mm-hmm. event with Batista and Orton is amazing. Um, did I say Triple Yeah, match with Triple H to kick off the show is amazing. And then the main event with Batista and Orton is exceptional as well. Yeah,
1: there's plenty. RP Degnan. I hope I'm wrong, but I believe Punk wants to wrestle when I see it. We've been here before and he backed out letting AEW and reporters take the backlash. I don't see why he wouldn't do the same here again, but I have a bias. I've never been a Punk fan. Well, I've been a Punk fan and I'm not getting my hopes up yet either. Fran Chili. I got my tickets to all three Chicago shows last week. Mm, Dynamite, Rampage and All Out. I live 10 minutes from the arena. Those are going to be legendary shows of the CM Punk content. Act is final contract is finalized by then. I really hope you can make it to Chicago. Hashtag jam that jam.
2: We're banned from going places basically at the moment. Um, yeah. I thought about this. Can you know, like they announced next week, Tony Khan's making a big announcement of like live shows coming up. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll announce like UK shows. Oh, that's not
1: happening, is it? No, no, okay. ain't no one coming here. Peter Mullins, I get that they might want to hold off on CM Punk returning until Chicago, mostly because he can trust AEW to book a good homecoming story. Sammy Guevara agrees. Lance Archer agrees. Keith Lee is still crying. Hashtag, don't you forget about Keith. Chris Chris Wagstaff, MJF to come out to call the personality on the dynamite before All Out. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that little bit of an MJF promo and then cult of personality hits again punk mjf <laughs> feud as punks first imagine the promos as neither would hold back at all that is awesome but there's i I want that first that first music to have him but yeah. that's a great idea so, <laughs> that's really good see uh, I would have at the top of the show dynamite before all out Uh, cult of personality hits mjf walks out and bashes the crowd asking them were you expecting someone else very good everybody eon mullane dynamite before all out mjf walks out to cult of personality (laughs) (laughs) then after he beats jericho out comes punk as he's next to face mjf also for brian ride of the valkyries or final countdown final Final countdown countdown. bacon rasher hi again lads one Ollie. if there was a uh, if there was a cash flow issue to get Punk into AEW, would you take a cut in Khan Coin to get him in? Also, I cannot wait to see Tamatonga in AEW, and for AEW to come to the UK, those tickets will go quick. PS, it is really hot. Jam that jam. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm already knee deep in Khan Coin. I've lost a lot. Crypto's yeah. crashed, man. <laughs> lost a lot. You <clears throat> like? Baron Corbin by the weekend. Alpaca Nation eighty-seven. I would like, I would love to see Punk and Cassidy interact after the surprise of Nick Gage Do you think the rest of the trials of Jericho will be surprises or in-house opponents? Probably a mixture. I think a mixture, a mixture of both. I would say, yeah. I would love.
2: Surely, someone to, from his past. One of them has to be Lance Storm. If this is a Jericho retirement tour, one of them has to be Lance Storm. Like maybe the final challenge has to be Lance. Yeah.
1: Um, I did, I don't know if I said this in the review, but it's kind of like my fancy booking pitch, where he comes out as a different character in his career each week. Yeah. So surely Luther, right? I mean, um, that big one against. I'm trying to think. What
2: was his first match in WWE? Was it X Park or Road Dog? It was one of those two. Because if it's Park, if it's Waltman, Waltman said he's looking mm. to get back into the ring again.
1: Good idea. Jonathan Hedman. Punk versus MJF would be nice. I would not be against Punk using his AFI theme for a match against Omega. Just when it looks like WWE is going to kill my love of wrestling, AEW revitalizes it again. Uh, Misha Sumra. Crazy, crazy swerve idea. All the rumors say Punk to AEW. What if they're actually planning to bolster their women's division by signing AJ Lee? Love the content. Looking forward to Mania tonight. It definitely won't. It definitely won't be hashtag pants um i'll see you there nisha
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: i thought about aj lee I, th- I don't think it's it's a swerve for that but i th- i wouldn't be surprised if aj lee would then follow him along if all worked out yeah i would love to see that as well um our hot tag to you for <laughs> alistair
2: gammon says obviously if i can get this right first time round." alistair gammon says updated fantasy booking deep breath <gasps> cage cage page page engage inside a steel cage referee by diamond dallas page on the first main event of rampage bop germania style jesus this company uh bacon rash said hi guys hope you're feeling better after the raw review jr must be having nightmares about already having to say daniel bryan on aew <laughs> punk faction with young lads yes please finally we now must get page cage gauge, cage and page in a cage on rampage James Hanley said, I'm thinking that Gage and Cage should be in a rage in a cage with Paige and Christian Cage for an age, and then we could all <laughs> gauge on how the cage affects the rest of the wrestler's ability to turn the page. Gage that Gage, I mean jam that jam. Uh, rages mayhem what do you think of the chances are instead of Penta and ray members of lij for uh from either new japan or ring of honor join It would be the perfect time for a trio's title tournament for the inaugural champions to be crowned all out that's a great shout actually it's a really good idea we uh, haven't had
1: any Rouge involvement like any ring of honor involvement in this yet
2: No. Uh, Kid Phantom says, Pac versus Andrade All Out, custody of the Lucha Brothers on a pole match. Jeff Mancini said, my roommate, who is of Hispanic heritage, when he saw the Death Triangle come out, goes, why the hell is the eight eight Mexicans and a Hobbit from the Shire? Uh, She goes, it makes no sense except for they are, barring Chavo, needing translators to understand. I think you might all, yeah, I mean, pretty much all of them. Chavo's the only one who doesn't, I would say, even with um, uh, Pack out there, some people might need a translator as well. (laughs) Uh, Charles Berg says, anyone else here Jim Cornette have an aneurysm when Sting Destroyed the wrestling business by having Honestly. fun with Orange Cassidy? Ollie, it's been Close to a year now. I refuse to believe you can't Find any buttermilk. Pancakes, Ollie Pancakes. Make my recipe. Jam That jam. Uh, Peter day. Mullins Peter Mullins said, you forgot the Best part of the Sting Cassidy spot. Darby i hmm. running over and yelling, Dad, stop You're embarrassing <laughs> me. You always Do this. I'm trying to be cool around my friends God yeah. The cleaner Kenny Shah, great episode of Dynamite. One of my favorite moments: Derby's reaction to Sting and Orange Cassidy. Dad, stop playing with the other kids!
1: <laughs> Hot tag back. Sean Breslin with AEW working with New Japan, Triple A, Impact, etc. It almost feels like a return to the days of territories, with companies working together and talent traveling through the companies to make the biggest matches possible, with AEW at its centre. Dead let's Punk 1905.
2: Right, let's not forget. It. WCW did shows with New Japan as well, like in the 90s. It's not like this hasn't been dead for a long. New Impact were doing work with New Japan, like you know, and Lucha Underground and things like that. There's always been these sort of. It I think it what Sean,
1: I think what Sean means is it's doing it right. <laughs> Dead punk, ben. 1905 Hey guys, found the podcast at Winter Is Coming Time. Big fan, not missed it ever since. Oh, great. Last few weeks of Dynamite have been great and would have been, uh, would have still been even at dailies, in my opinion. All of this news on Punk and Brian makes this 34 year old Scottish guy giddy. Uh, here, Dean bud. Breton, three out of five, three out of five for me. A few average matches that felt clunky. Caz match, women's title, Orange Cassidy. The Andrade segment was damaging to all as it made little sense and felt disjointed. Loved Omega, though, was brilliant with the Elite. Hunted line. Yes. Rain Tech. Hi, lads. Anyone notice how Miro thinks he's chosen by God and now we have an antichrist character in Malachi Black? Do I smell a future feud? Ooh, I like the sound of that. Also, Daniel Bryan would be a great coach for all the young high-flying EEW AEW talent. Hope he really comes. Bryan's not a high-flyer. I think he would be a great submission technical, like style gym it also means as well if if brian goes to
2: aew and with their relationship with new japan we're very close to brian versus zack saber jr
1: oh, it's gonna be like oh. watching a freaking orgy where you don't know whether the <laughs> legs begin and the hands end <laughs> Sorry. Forever grateful to you guys for these reviews, always fun times. As a newer wrestling fan who got into it via AEW, I've lately gone back to educate myself in the history and matches of their roster prior. Next up, New Japan World. Now is the time, finally. 69 intangibles, Sanai Deegan, Sadie Deegan. Hello, you Thursday evening cowboys. (laughs) I've been called that before. (laughs) Uh, what an episode of Dynamite. I could listen to an hour of Penta and Andrade going back and forth in Spanish. Was shocked to see Sting and O.C. get so violent with their strikes. I have to say it. Can he look sexy with the stash? He really does. New Punk Rants. Man, last night was so good. Elevation and Dark helped. Sean Ross Sat gave me hope for a Juventud Carrera debut. MDK for life chavo without the horse though (laughs) archer is champ is making some seismic moves just gotta make it juicy uh new viewers new new punk rant inexplicably wants who (laughs) Guerrero to guerrera debut for aw he tells us every week matt Hennessy, how page should win the world title he loses to kenny all out making him zero and three at the pay-per-view yeah he lost to Jericho in All Out 19 and FDR All Out 20. He then wins the TNT belt at full gear, then Paige versus Omega 3 at Revolution 22 for both belts. Page wins and is the first AEW first triple crown champ. Um, I, I don't like the idea of tying up both belts in that story. It's same here. Enough for, That could be a blood feud, but it Yay. would work better as a title. Um, New Punk Rants again. AEW versus Impact, New Japan, etc., And all of these debuts and stars, I get 96, 97 WCW vibes. Meanwhile, WWE just killed NXT and is warring with its fan base. It's so incomparable, it's kind of sad. I wish WWE was good, but Roman's carrying a dead body at this point. New new punk rant. Complaining isn't conversation. (sighs) Marjo 32. (laughs) You know they're going to debut some kind of... That's going to be carrying crosses. Is it Brody King? Brody King's gonna—is he Ring of Honor? Which Brody? Yeah, Brody getting? King's in Ring of Honor. Who's the Brody in NXT? Who got the tryout matches? Lost the North American Championship. Oh, you talking about Bronson Reed? Bronson Reed. Sorry, <laughs> that's going to be Bronson Reed's character when he debuts on the main roster. He's going to be a YouTube reviewer of wrestling. <laughs> And he'll criticise people's matches. Marjo 32. I know I'm working myself into a shoot, brother, but Cody is the American nightmare. What's more of a nightmare than an over-patriotic, delusional country who thinks they are always right? I mean, man, don't give me hope, Cody. Cody's a baby face, Marjo. Tances with AK-47s. Matt been, Matt's been pushing for Jeff to come to AEW. What stops Calm from paying any legal fees to have Jeff break contract and show it would make his money back tenfold? i I don't think he would Yeah, i don't think he'd make his money back could bring the nxt title over though it's polo says do you guys think any other major indies like mlw or roh will become a part of the aw working relationship should we just start calling it the axis of good uh also do you think any uk indies like rev pro or progress will join the working relationship not progress they're owned by wwe and rev pro already have a relationship
2: with new japan so they might sort of come as a package deal really
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Trenton Brown I let out an audible oh no
2: when that interview started
1: <laughs> and I saw the back of the spiky painmaker. <laughs> painmaker. I Jericho. know
2: I had the same. when Jericho's back and he was like he's a sadistic man I was like oh no oh dear it's painmaker, maker
1: cringe maker Jericho cringe maker uh, Griff 1988 you criticise a guy for his political backing incorrect of course but when AEW bring in someone who has served five years in prison for bank robbery it's genius AEW and Y2J should be ashamed for giving this guy a platform to work on. I don't actually know that much because I haven't watched that episode of the Gage Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I mean, I you know you be- believe in second chances and stuff. I certainly do. So hopefully the guy has turned his life around. He seems to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So totally. I, I think those, I think that sort of viewpoints compatible and not inconsistent. James Hanley. Continuing on from my previous Ultra Chat, I would like to add that I was not making fun of Nick Gage. He is Nick Gage, and I'm a social worker in middle America that bruises, cries easily. Also, it concerns me that all future plans seem to be around the men. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where, like, who's Britt Baker's next challenger. Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Zachary Jenkins said, Hey guys, why is the WWE contract signing team the worst when they lost Black and Brian? And I remember when Luke saying they forgot to renew the Rocks contract in 2003. Just how is a billion dollar corporation so bad with contracts? Also, where is Green T shirt guy? Green T shirt guy was at Money in the Bank. He was there, his front row.
1: They are actually very, very good with contracts because, yeah, sure, some people get out of them early, but far, far many more are held against their will in that company. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, yeah. I mean, it really, it's it's less of they're bad with contracts. They just didn't know who Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy were. They just <laughs> thought they were. They they thought they were the same person. Uh, Pratik oh, Shiti with the. With the WWE NXT internal self-sabotage, can WWE still in, uh, still draw interest to their product? I believe it's possible, but it's the willingness that seems to be non-existent. They're selling out all of the shows that they're doing. I know they've canceled a few of them, but all the other ones that they're doing are selling out really well. So yeah, the interest is still there for WWE shows. And they're still drawing ratings. So yeah, I don't think there's, there's too much of a problem with them. Uh, Bishop Badass is completely unrelated topic. I know you guys do movies too. The new uh the new June trailer dropped today. How awesome uh, do the twins uh, does this movie look? Love you guys. Uh hashtag baby Oliver Lucas.
1: I was gonna say, why did you suddenly say the twins in that a chat, sure, but it does say does Thin's movie look good? Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: twins <laughs> twins Basil uh, I haven't seen the new trailer yet um but i I love love the old trailer trailer. yeah i mean it's got it's got an uphill climb going up against the jackass forever trailer though which is already you know movie (laughs) of the decades and Um, the lynch first film so yeah i mean i i went to the prince charles to see the lynch first film again i mean obviously pre-pandemic and stuff and it was there going like it's a lot of exposition in the first uh Mm. 45 minutes of this movie (laughs) like
1: (laughs) it's a dense (laughs) world
2: the the film ha- the film has a massive like like opening narration voiceover explaining the world Then it cuts to someone who just does some more
1: exposition to other characters and then cuts to someone who just does some more exposition to characters. Are you sure you didn't watch an episode of Monday Night Raw?
2: <laughs> Alpaca Nation says Nick Gage, Hangman Cage. I think it might be Hangman Page, Brian Cage, Christian Cage, in a stable for all the ages. Uh, bacon nice. rasher i think my page cage gimmick is over thanks for all you do <laughs> lads we appreciate it jam that jam always appreciated bacon rasher and lastly wtvs it's a work it's always a work just like it was a work when we all thought cm punk was going to aew and he'll show up on wwe fox hashtag wwe hashtag
1: work yeah it won't even be to wrestle it'll be on the 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 pre-show panel, or the live reactions on YouTube, he'll change the culture. That's why I've not said, I've not said it. I've not said the thing. Anyway, thank you ever so much for joining us here for this bumper episode. I hope you understand, there was a lot to go through. Thank you also for all of your very generous Omega chats. Well, he does help us out. And one other thing that helps us out, and will help you out as well, because it's going to be a lot of fun, is the Fan Quizzle Mania tonight on our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Sign up there at the $10 tier, and you will get to enter today's live Fan Quizzle Mania. All the details will be on a post there that you can find out. But it's sort of hosted by Adam Blompier and Andy Datson I'll be playing along as well. We all play along at the same time. It's like a live quiz on an app.
2: Awesome. It is awesome. Thank you as well to our moderating team who do an amazing job keeping you all in check. Uh, if you haven't already, please pull your thumb out your ass and give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel as well because we are nearing 50,000 subscribers where we're going to do a marathon stream of WrestleMania's four, 14 through to 17 live stream. And that will be a massive amount of fun. And tomorrow on the WrestleTalk podcast, myself and Denise Salcedo, Team Danuke, We'll be joined by Dave Bradshaw to talk about the latest issue of the WrestleTalk magazine and my article on Kenny Omega. Maybe we'll ask the question, is Kenny Omega really the best in the world? Maybe we'll find out. I mean, how not CM Punk's coming in, so maybe we'll talk about CM Punk and Daniel Bryan instead. But hey, who knows? We're going to have Dave Bradshaw on the show, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Right, I'm going to share my screen. No, nope, that's the wrong one. Oh, I'm pressing you. Hold on. Share screen. Uh, screen two. Chrome tab. Forever trailer. Share audio. Okay. Right. Are you ready? There's What's no history- V.
1: What's your history with Jackass? Oh, I love it. I used to watch it. I don't think I watched the the TV show, but there the were clips. There were VHS recordings going around at school. Uh, It was the movie that really I got to see. Uh, I think I watched more Dirty Sanchez in terms of being on MTV than I did Jackass, but that was only because it was available. Love them all. All
2: Okay, here we go.
1: Ouch. We'll meet again. Don't know where. I'm
2: sure it's what Vera Lynn would have wanted.
1: Uh Ryan Ryan Dunn. People used to say he was the, the funniest.
0: The heart and soul. Yeah. Day. Hello, I'm Johnny in Axville. Welcome to Jackass. Three,
2: two, one. <laughs> 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 ask, what will Jackass be like once we're older?
1: Well, it'll get more mature. <laughs> the faster you pedal your bike, the faster the other guy's hand goes back. Oh no. It to feel like anything. Percussions aren't great,
0: but as long as you have them before you're 50, it's cool. Oh. And Knoxville's 49, so we're good.
1: Oh Jesus, with a bull? Now that's a spear, that's a gore. <laughs> Wow. Today, oh, God. on, we're going to do a little furniture shopping. I love bad grandma. Well. I've been watching Jackass
2: since I was four years old. And guess what? We're here. <laughs>
1: we have winners and we have Steve-O. You ain't a bunch of NASA scientists right now. Eric Andre. <laughs> what did you guys do, there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> you
2: still got a million dollar teeth, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: set myself up for a failure on this one Aaron please relax I'm trapped what the hell are they doing and you're putting honey on me and salmon what oh my God. That that was a bear <laughs> that's a big old bear Oh, that's beautiful. I really hope society is regressing. I'm reading a lot of, uh, read a few books recently that sort of dives into British socio, Tr- trying to explain Brexit, right? It's just a bunch of liberals <laughs> trying to go, what the frick happened? And yeah, everyone's like, yeah, we're just going into a, these these cycles happen in society. You go, you, sort of just that the majority, just distrust institutions for a while, whatever. I welcome it. If it if it means Jackass is coming back and I'm gonna get a load of prank films, it's it's okay with old Ollie. I honestly thought because like I so I was a teenager. I was like 16
2: when the first show when the show was first on. Uh, I was like, oh man, maybe I'm gonna be like too old for it now. Actually, no, I was 14 when, the first, when I first started to watch it and stuff because I watched like the CKY films. Yeah, and I was like, maybe I'll be too old for this now because I'm now 35 years old, I'm a married man, I own a home, uh, I've got three floors on my, in my house and stuff. I, the second I watched that trailer, I was like, oh no, this is the best thing ever. And mm. I'm, I'm so glad to be watching this. I cannot wait to watch it. I said to my wife, I was like, do you want to watch the trailer? And she was like, you've already watched it. I was like, yeah, I know, but <laughs> do you want to watch it? She was like, no, I think it's stupid. I was like, I've watched all of the films again. Like in the last couple of days, I've watched because they're all on Netflix.
1: Have you? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Man, is it in Jackass Three where it's one of my favorite, well, my favorite one of all time from the movies is the guys playing golf and the foghorn. Very simple. That's the first one. Yeah, that's first one. But the when they're in a limo and they pour bees into the top of the limo, but so they've also put marbles <laughs> on the, next to the door.
2: I um so I <laughs> I snuck in to see the first film because i was 17 when it came out and so i wasn't 18 and i couldn't pass for 18 either so we wouldn't and we were worried that we would go up and try and buy a ticket they would say no and then we'd be stuck Mm. right so what we did we actually took we actually bunked off school as well don't bunk off school kids uh you should go to school and go to your classes um but uh, so we we did this right and um it was on a friday uh what we ended up doing was buying tickets for whatever lord of the rings movie was out at that point i think it was the (gasps) second one so we went we bought tickets to watch lord of the rings 2 we then went into that screen and then one by one left right so we were like to go to the top and then go into the other screen and we all four and then all four of us eventually we were sat there we went we went quite fast to the back we sat there dan i was wearing a jackass hoodie as well because i was i was a bit of a mark and um all of a sudden, like just before the film started, a load of kids ran in. Like they just like, tore in sort of like three or four kids, right? Just absolutely belted it into the room and tried to hide in some seats. And a flashlight followed them. A security <gasps> guard was like chasing after them and stuff, found them in the seats and escorted them out. We were like, oh man, look at that. And then the security guard came back in with the flashlight to check everyone else to see if anyone else had snuck oh, into nice. it when they weren't supposed to. And they shone a light on the four of us, all of us there. All with long hair, and like Jack has para- like paraphernalia on all of us, and he just walked away, and that was that was the closest we got to being thrown out. Oh, it was tense, and we just got <clears throat> to enjoy the movie after that, and it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. The golf airhorn thing, I I <laughs> had that idea because me and my friends <laughs> used to make movies like this. Yes, we were, we were so we're into CKY, we're into you Jack, and still uh no i don't know where
0: any oh, is
2: anymore There's, that's a um, shame well our favorite thing to do was to um uh you know like big Grunden, like the big uh grundon bins was to like get up oh, onto- yeah. Yeah, to get up on top of those and get a couple of you and push them as hard as you can uh, into the curb because then it just, like, it massively does a huge flip up. <laughs> it's basically like an insane version of doing the trolley thing, right? Which we also used to, mm-hmm. used to go to the same car park in Calcut uh, at about sort of midnights because there was no security guards then. Go down there about midnight to film all of that. Um, that was one of our favourite things to do. Also, like, uh, wheelie bin battles. So, like, uh, just going into hiding into wheelie bins, pushing them around everywhere and just pushing them off things so you would fall down. It was amazing I didn't break anything um i think my friend got a bit of a concussion once though when doing grunder things because he just we had the idea which would be funny it's like what if you like stood up just before it hit the curb right so that way it will fling you and you'll like just fly forward and you'll do like a big sort of superman dive thing you're like yeah that's really fun and what happened was we he pushed and as he went to stand up his legs kind of buckled the um grunden bin Yeah, And so it sort of hit the curb early and he just fell off the Grundon sideways and just landed right onto the curb, like all on his leg and like his head and stuff. It was a scary old time.
1: (coughs) You'd have to apologize to his mother.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a fun time. We were foolish teenage kids. Don't try this at home. Uh, Anyone who's listened to this, if you are young and impressionable, don't try this at home. Don't be like me. Uh, I'm an idiot. But anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week doing the raw review, although I'll be back tomorrow with Denise and Dave Bradshaw talking about this latest issue of the Restaurant Magazine. Take care everyone. Love you. Goodbye.